You are listening to Personal Branding Exposed with Megan McNeil. Each episode will explore different areas of personal branding and how you can build, maintain, and leverage off your own personal brand. Here's your host, Megan. Welcome to Personal Branding Exposed and I'm super excited because I've got Nick Lopper here with me today. I've been listening to Nick's podcast Side Hustle Nation for quite a while and he's got amazing um, resources on his website as well. But today we're going to talk less about the hustle and more about him and finding out more about his personal brand and what brought him to Side Hustle Nation in the first place. Hey Nick, how are you? I'm doing well, Megan. How are you? I'm fantastic and I'm so excited to be chatting to you because like I said I'm an avid listener to your podcast and I have learned so much from some of your guests but I'm super interested how did you get started with side hustle like that's not something we don't go to school and think when I grow up side hustle that's going to be my thing that's going to be my thing well first of all thank you for tuning in I mean for me it was the side hustle nation project and podcast started as a side project to the original side hustle that I was running at the time, which had turned into my full-time thing. And that was kind of in a random niche that was in the footwear comparison shopping space where it would pull in the product catalogs from Amazon and Zappos and a bunch of these other stores and tell you where you could find the best price on your next pair of shoes. That site operated on an affiliate basis where um, if somebody ordered shoes through the site or through my link, the site would earn a commission on that. And so that was that was the main thing for a lot of years. And it was on the side from that, where it's like, all right, let me order up this podcast mic. You know, ta- you know, let's see, is this thing on? Is anybody listening? And the show kind of took on a, a life of its own, relatively speaking, in the first couple of years. And that's kind of shifted to become the, the full-time focus. Awesome. How do you decide what guests you're going to have on? Because you you have an array of different topics. Yes, this has been a lot of fun. At first, you know, early on, I was trying to find like, you know, kind of pseudo celebrity guests in the, you know, online business type of space. But I kind of found a, a little bit of a different niche in trying to source some stories that hadn't been told on you know, dozens of other podcasts. And nowadays, a lot of those kind of bubble up from inside the community. You know, something will uh, catch my attention in the Facebook group. Somebody will message me like, hey, have you heard of so-and-so? They're doing some interesting things. And the, I mean, the the broad theme of the show is like, hey, how do you make extra money in your spare time? And trying to show, trying to find either examples of people who've done that or some interesting marketing or productivity tactics that would help facilitate that type of business growth. So that's the that's the main uh, idea that I try and aim for of the show and start every episode with like, okay, what's what's the hook? What's the compelling hook um, that's outside of the? Uh, we've done a handful of just kind of generic freelancing type of episodes and those tend to do okay but it's like okay what's especially after now 400 episodes what's the interesting um you know kind of takeaway and one of the this was a lesson learned from one of the very early episodes was this guy had earned enough money on fiverr like freelancing on fiverr uh to buy a house and at the time you know this was still known as the five dollar marketplace and they've kind of gone up market a little bit since then I was like, wait, wait a minute, how did that work? You know, how did you sell? What did you possibly sell for five bucks? He's like, Nick, 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 you know, it's all about the upsells. I was like, okay, you know, so he kind of enlightened me. Um, but it was, you know, using that hook, you know, hey, he made enough money on Fiverr in his first year to buy a house. Like, oh, okay. Rather than, you know, how to 
how to get started freelancing on Fiverr or something. So trying to put that hook forward with each of the episodes to draw new listeners in. Real life examples. Yeah, no, I love that. I'm, I I really actually enjoy your episodes where you have regular people on them. And I'm similar to you. When I started the podcast, I wanted the biggest names. I wanted like the, the well-known people because I thought, oh, that's going to build my podcast and it's going to be more interesting for my listeners, etc. When in actual fact, the lesser known people that I have on the podcast are generally the ones that do the best because one they're super excited that they're on it so they share it wide as well with their audience but secondly they're more relatable because they're at a stage where most of us that are listening are we can understand where they're at they haven't made a million they're not living in a yacht and have all these homes all over the place they're they're we can actually still relate to them they're on their journey at the moment they're being successful they're doing great things and we can learn from them and that's I think the stories from your podcast that I really love now how on earth do you not end up doing everything because I listen to some of your podcasts and I'm like oh my god I need a YouTube channel oh no I need a list for this I need to get this and I'm you know and shiny object syndrome you go all over the place and um how do you kind of control yourself because you can't do everything not well anyway not well anyways I think that's the key that's it it's dangerous because I mean that for me that's the mark of a good episode when I can hang up and and I'm thinking I gotta, I gotta do this. I gotta try this. Um, so there's an episode coming out next week on this guy who's renting out portable hot tubs and is like, this is, this is fascinating to me. You know, just you know, puts them in the back of the pickup truck, rents them out 400 bucks a month or something. And I was, you know, he had me looking on Craigslist and some of the Facebook marketplaces to see if I could find one of these used hot tubs. Um, so it, it is dangerous, but for me, it's kind of like, okay, the focus. And even if you're not going to apply the you know specific business that somebody's doing, usually there's some element, something that you can take away and apply that I, at least I can apply selfishly to my own operation and say, okay, that's, that's interesting how they're approaching their Facebook group or how they're approaching email marketing or how they're, um, you know, generating leads from YouTube or something like there's always some little element that may not be, uh, it it may not be a direct uh, copy and paste from this person's business model, but it's like, okay, I can definitely integrate that. Yeah, no, that's brilliant. Um, one of the episodes I listened to of yours a while back was about affiliate marketing and because I, I would listen to your podcast and I kind of thought to myself, how is this guy making money? Cause you're putting out a lot of great content, but I'm not paying for it because I'm not, I'm not sending a check every time I listen to your podcast unless Spotify does. I'm not sure. Um, you know, and I no, was no. <laughs> they're not, we should talk to them about that. Um, you know, so I, I visit your website and I'm obviously clicking on some of the links. And so you're using that affiliate model as part of your business. Is that right? Yeah. For, yeah, for me, the three big uh, legs of the revenue stool have been uh, sponsorships on the podcast, which have become a pretty meaningful income stream in the last few years. Um, affiliate offers through uh, the website. And then my own kind of side hustle experiments and, you know, maybe that's self-publishing and that's selling stuff on eBay and that's other affiliate sites. And there's um, a bunch of stuff that kind of would fall under that, that third category. Yeah. Awesome. You, um, you also wrote a book. Can you tell us a bit about what we would find in, in that? Yeah. So this is at side hustle nation.com slash book. This is, I believe, 
free on Kindle. If it's not, send me a note and we'll, I'll send you a copy of it. But it's kind of like intro to side hustles. Um, it covers kind of the three main business models that I see out there. Those are selling a product, selling a service, and then building some type of audience-based business. Maybe you call it selling content um, You know, that's monetized with uh, ads, monetized with affiliates, monetized with products and services. You got a lot of options in the third category in this audience-based business, but the disadvantage compared to the first two is it usually takes a little bit of time to ramp that up and really, uh, really get things going. Well, that's working with your personal brand, I guess. <laughs> It is, you know, it's a long-term, it's a long-term thing, but it's hundred percent worthwhile to, to start to pursue. How do you think that that works long-term? So I, you know, personal branding is my thing. I think it's super important. People buy from people. If you've got a strong personal brand, like it can take you in lots of different careers over the years. Like you, you as a person can adapt, etc. Same as a business has a service. It might start with, um, you know, Kodak started with a camera that was film and now they've got digital, except, well, they didn't do too well with that, but you know, they adapt, companies adapt with their services, their products, et cetera. As a person, if you've built an online audience, how do you think that that's gonna work in 10, 15 years time as we start adapting our technology as well? Do you think that will last or what's gonna happen? That's kind of an interesting idea. I think if people are paying attention to you because they kind of resonate with your voice and your style and your message, then if you want to pivot that, you know, and, and my, you know, I probably wouldn't just rip off that bandaid or rip off that duct tape, like immediately and say, okay, on starting on January 1st, I'm going to only be talking about something completely separate. Like that would probably do your existing audience a disservice, but if they're following you, if they're there along for the journey. If you're still in there to help them, I think some sort of pivot and evolution is probably natural. I, I'm, I feel like I've, you know, when I started Side Hustle Nation in 2013, I, you know, this was like before becoming a parent, there was like, a, I'm in a very different place uh, in life today. And so I think my attitude and tone has like softened a little bit, where it's like, hustle, 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 you know, what's your excuse? Come on. And now it's like, look, there's, <laughs> take your time. You know, there's more, there's, there's more than one way to get it done. Sorry, Megan, I lost your audio. Oh, you've lost me. Can you hear me now? Yeah, now you're back. Oh, I'm back. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think that's the difference between having your Instagram famous and your niche famous type people and how you actually uh, focus on building your brand and stuff. And I think the way you've done it is great because I'm, I'm not a massive fan of the hustle, 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 because I think a lot of us build businesses for, for freedom and um, for flexibility, etc. So if you end up doing more hours for less money than you did in your corporate gig, have you really done yourself any service? But I think that what I love about what you're doing is with the side hustles is there's a lot of, um, you know, kind of income that comes while you're sleeping that's really important things that are giving you freedom and being able to yeah you have to work hard nothing is easy you've got to put in the slog at the beginning so that you can then you know take a seat back and actually enjoy it as well do you do you think a lot of your listeners see that side or do you see a lot of it being like hustle hustle hard yeah, I think it probably depends on where they're at in their life. Like hopefully for the younger uh, portion of the audience, like they have 
the time and energy and maybe the necessity to do so. Whereas the uh, more uh, more experienced, I don't know, more experienced, more aged, like more more people who look like me at this stage uh, can take things a little bit slower. I mean, in general, that's like one benefit of the side hustle. Like hopefully you have this day job that is paying your rent, that's covering your bills. It kind of gives you the freedom to ramp something up slowly on the side, low risk on the side that gives you energy, right? You don't want this, the side hustle does not need to be a second job that you hate. It needs to be something that you look forward to doing because if you, if you dread the work, like what's, what's the point of that? And of course, there's going to be periods of sprint and periods of rest. And, but if you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, like if it's just, you know, sprint for the foreseeable next 10 years, like, I don't know if that's something that you want to sign yourself up for. I don't think it's maintainable either. It's, you know, because I think it's like a new relationship starting a business. It's very exciting at the beginning and you've got that honeymoon period and everything. But then there are parts of your business because there's parts of everyone's business that you don't love, you know, whether it's the accounts or if it's the marketing, depending on where your strengths are, that it starts to wane. So I love the idea of the side hustle where you can have your main business, but you can continue to do things on the side that interest you and that can change that can continually change yeah absolutely so you've been doing the the show for a while these live streams for a while like what have you found as the most effective like marketing channel like the most bang for your marketing buck here Oh, I, I mean, the first few uh, LinkedIn lives that I did, I don't think anyone even saw them other than my mom and dad. Um, and I thought, I'm just going to keep going. And now I'm, I go to events and in real life, people will tell me about um, episodes that they've listened to or watched and I'll get messages from people. And that's, you know, because it's, you get a lot of static to begin with where you think, oh, it's not worth it. And I think that's the difference is whether you you give up or not, because I think if you do something well and you keep doing it, no matter what it is, um, if there, as long as it's going to serve someone, it will eventually start paying off. So, yeah, this has been worth it for me because I'm I'm not a natural writer. So being on video and speaking to people, and people generally love the Scottish accent. So whether they're actually listening to what I'm saying or not is another thing. But they like the accent. <laughs> I was going to say, it's like you don't sound like you're from Western Australia, but okay. <laughs> I just like to confuse people. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's an important point is like, even if no one is tuning in at the beginning and probably not a ton of people are going to be tuning in at the beginning, but you almost have to go through that phase of, of just getting in the reps, right? I'll give the example of like the first 50 episodes. Like it probably took at least that long, maybe even a hundred episodes to feel like I hit my stride as a podcast host. It's just the, the the weekly repetition of producing the show, you kind of tend to get better at it. And one of the, at least I hope I've gotten better at it. And the, uh, there's some evidence from like Dan Pink and Cal Newport. They say like, you know, don't, don't necessarily pursue this business that you're passionate about, but rather uh, passion follows doing the work, right? It's like I had you know, on episode one, had zero passion for podcasting. I didn't even know what I was doing. I didn't know the first thing about it. But over the course of seven and a half years, it's something I've definitely become passionate about through doing the work. And the same thing, like I was painting houses in college. And I was like, I didn't know anything about house painting, wasn't passionate about that. But after the course of a couple summers, you, you can't walk 
past a house without looking up under the eaves. I'll scrape that. I'll get to come back, give these guys an estimate on the weekend. And you just start to become a part of the community and become it becomes a part of you, you know? Oh, 100%. And done is better than perfect every single time. And if you put off doing it because you're not, you've not got the right equipment or you don't feel like you're quite ready for it, you've got to get the rubbish ones out so that six months down the line, you've got the decent ones. And, you know, saying that you've got 50 to 100 episodes before you start getting traction, that's still, that's a lot of legwork to put in not knowing whether it's going to work or not. But also you've got all that content now. I've listened to some of your earlier episodes and yes, I can tell a difference between your newer ones and your older ones. I well, still really enjoy the content. I still enjoy it because it's still, the whole, the content has stayed the same. So I know that when I go all the way back, I'm still getting, it's still got the same theme to it. It's still giving me something. And yes, some of your older ones are a little bit outdated now, but as in like the technology and stuff, yeah. but the people, and the you know the meaning behind it like that's what I think is really important and you've just got to like you said you've just got to keep plodding along until it actually goes and it works yeah it's it took a while like for me the flip that the the switch that flipped was figuring out that the show is never going to be you know entrepreneur on fire like it's never going to be um it's not a business on its own. And I don't know, I had no idea what the business model was starting out. It's just like, hey, everybody says you ought to have a podcast. Let's turn this thing on and see what happens. Um, but the, the switch that flipped was like starting to treat it as content marketing. And yeah. for me, that was generating email subscribers from the podcast. That had never been uh, a much of a consideration. But when I started really uh, doubling down on that, really pay attention to that and what it was for me was creating these episode specific lead magnets, episode specific opt-ins. I did um, like the summary of the episode. Like here's the highlight reel of the episode. You're out walking the dog, you're driving in the car, you're at the gym, like you're not at a great place to take notes. Don't worry, we did it for you. You can go download this file over here. And that yeah. worked really, really well. Yeah, your website is um, a fantastic resource. Like, I'm not just saying that because you're actually on with me, but I have found myself listening to your episodes. And like you say, I'm in the car, I can't get to it. And I will go onto the website and get the show notes. And, you know, most show notes are kind of a summary of just a block of text. There's so many links and so many like takeaways in yours that it's, you, you almost don't need to listen, but I do, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was the fear that I had. Like, oh, am I going to cannibalize the listenership? And and in some cases, you know, people prefer written text. In a lot of cases, I'm that way too. Because well, I can I can skim it, you know, in five minutes, or I can spend forty five minutes of the with the full audio version. So I don't blame people who do it that way. And then they, you know, hopefully they'll tune in after the fact to get like the full story and the guests, you know, intonations and you know what they emphasize. But that's um, that's been helpful to try and do the written content as well uh just to capture hopefully a different segment of the audience oh yeah you're i mean you're reaching people that just you know some people hate podcasts I, i've got i know lots of people that just won't listen to anything it's just not their thing um people that hate videos people that love videos people that love reading people that hate reading and if you can that's why i do what i do with this where i have it live just now so it lives there as a video and then there's the podcast and then we write it up as a blog what's well, three different types of people that consume content in three different ways can still enjoy what we've chatted about today as opposed to it just being this is the video if you missed it you missed it type thing so right. i think it's good you know 
Definitely. So what's next for you? What's next? Trying to keep the dream alive, man. I feel like I am, have got the best job in the world, trying to uncover creative side hustle stories and share them with the world. I feel really blessed to be able to do that and to work from home and have uh, probably three, four days off a week with the kids. It's, it's a good system. Um, as far as next steps, uh, continuing to, to produce the show, um, I'm working on a book project called 1K100 Ways. It's at 1k100ways.com. It's not available yet, but hopefully putting the finishing touches on it this quarter and uh, getting that out the door, which will feature uh, lots of members of the community and some fun stuff that they've got going on. Um, uh, I don't know, just kind of keeping on, keeping on, trying to do the YouTube or um, rather the, the Google SEO game a little bit and uh, continue to build the uh, the domain authority and all that jazz. How many um, team members do you have now at Side Hustle Nation? Oh, this will be this will be good. Let me see if we can uh, talk about the uh, the team. Call it like the stack or like the virtual assistant stack these days. So um, uh, there's a podcast editing service for me. That's Podcast Fast Track. Kerry Green and his team over there. There is a dedicated writer who is the guy who does those show notes summaries in the UK. That's Phil. Um, there are uh, there's a dedicated um, uh, kind of a general administrative virtual assistant service that I use called OK Relax, which is a kind of an affordable dedicated monthly service out of the Philippines, or most of the assistants are out of the Philippines um, for, and, and I will say I started doing all of this myself. Like this is, you know, added to the team over the years. I've got a dedicated Pinterest assistant who's trying to breathe new life into my uh, fledgling Pinterest account, trying to see if we can drive some more traffic from that platform, which has been uh, a little bit frustrating because I see other accounts in the personal finance and side hustle space, like with millions of monthly impressions. And it's like, well, why, you know, what are we doing wrong? Um, so there's that. There is a new bookkeeping service, which is a new addition to the team. That's Bench, bench.co. Um, they've kind of gone down the path of hiring mostly agencies um, or, or services rather than like full-time individuals, like very specialized freelancers. And then the other team member I just brought on was kind of a, a dedicated executive admin to help with some email flow, some customer support, and and some content production, content writing as well. Oh, fantastic! So you're you've really got quite a lean business there. So if um, anyone's off, I suppose if it's an agency, there's always someone there that can help you, which is great. Yeah, it's very it does run very lean, and so I guess a new like a PR service was a new hire too at the end of the year to try and. Um, Get more, get more press, get more publicity, mainly for the sake of backlinks rather than like, I have little desire to, to be a talking head on the news or anything like that. But we'll see if anything comes of that. Just little experiments, see what works, what doesn't and, and go from there, but have run very lean for a lot of years. And I think that is some, like I'll give the example of some friends of mine, um, March, April last year, like pandemic time, they saw their income get hit. 50, 60, 80%. And meanwhile, they had this pretty robust staff that was fully supported at this previous revenue level, but not necessarily at this new reality. And so now they're faced with the really hard decisions of laying people off and switching people to part-time. And it's just a really challenging type of place. I've always tried to run 
really lean and and keep it as a uh, as a lifestyle business yeah and it makes you far more agile as well which i think is important if it's your your business because i guess you want to run something that you know fits with your life as opposed to fitting your life around your job which is why we start these things in the first place i um i saw a post on your instagram a little while back about i can't remember the gentleman's name uh, surname but chris someone who's also in the side hustle um space and you're i just thought it was a really great post because you basically said you know when chris first came about i thought what are you stepping into my turf for you know <laughs> side hustles my thing um but what you basically realized over time was that the more people that are talking about it you know they bring everyone up together how did that realization come about because i know that we can get a bit you know we, we compare and we're a bit like oh but this is my turf like how did that feel and how did you get to that place where you were like you know what this works for us all yeah that was the gut reaction because here comes i mean he's got a much bigger audience than me new york times multiple best-selling author and he starts this podcast called Side Hustle School. Meanwhile, I'm running Side Hustle Show. And I'm like, dude, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like, this might be the end for me, you know? Um, but I've never seen a bigger spike in exposure in podcast downloads than that month that he launched. It was just, you know, instant 30% bump over the previous month. And I was like, oh, you know what? I need I need more New York Times bestselling authors to come into this space. Like this was this was great. And so I, I like Chris's work. I respect his work. His books are awesome. He's, uh, he's brought a lot of new people into this space. And I think that was uh, beneficial and hopefully will continue to cross-pollinate audiences in that way. Yeah, I love that. I think that's really important. And I mean, it speaks a lot to your personal brand, the fact that you are supporting others in your industry. Because the one thing I hate is when people start tearing each other down um, because we all do something completely different, even if we're doing something very similar. And also, you don't have competition ever, really, when you think about it. There's competition as in we do the same things, but no one will ever have the same journey as you, and no one will ever attract the same people you do because, you know, you are you. And, you know, Chris has got a lot more people interested in, you know, he's made it mainstream to talk about side hustles, etc. But when they start looking for content, you know, you come up time and time again, and there'll be lots of people that are just drawn to you that just, you know, they've heard of Chris, and that's how they got into it. But they're not into him. That's not their thing. So I love that. I think that's a really great way of looking at it. So it's great. Now, Nick, we'll we'll wrap it up now. But how can everyone find you? I, you know, I keep talking about Side Hustle Nation. But if you just want to spill it out, and I'll put it in the show notes for them as well. But spill it out to them. So anyone who's listening can quickly go and find you. Uh, you bet. So SideHustleNation.com is the home base. If you are the person who is kind of uh, on the sidelines looking for something to get into the game, sidehustlenation.com slash ideas is my uh, constantly updated laundry list of different part-time business ideas that you can start today. There's no opt-in required over there. And of course, we'd love to have you tune into the Side Hustle show in your favorite podcast player app. Uh, like Megan talked about, there are 400 plus episodes. I think the recent ones are probably better than the first uh, 50 or 100 or so, but there's uh, there's value throughout the archives. Pick and choose your favorites there. I don't know. I'm going to say that there's some really good old ones in there as well. Worth having a dig through. Excellent. Thanks so much, Nick, and I'll speak to you soon. You bet. Thank you. 
Thanks so much for listening to Personal Branding Exposed. If you enjoyed this episode or any of the others, then please listen to some more, but also share it with your friends and leave a review. I'm a pretty new podcast, so that means quite a lot for me and I really appreciate your kind words. Social media, if you have any feedback or you just want to just want to chat really send me a message i'm normally found on instagram or linkedin they're where i like to hang out but i do have facebook if that's your thing and also on the website you can get my details there and you can get in touch thank you so much for getting this far if you want a little bit more though these episodes actually go out live every tuesday at 8 p.m western standard time here in western australia at 8 p.m which if you're in canada or america that'll be first thing in the morning for you so you can uh, listen over your morning coffee and if you're in the uk it'll be over your lunch break I speak to these amazing people every single Tuesday and they just expose their personal brands to us. They tell us what makes them tick, what motivates them. We hear their stories of where they've come from and where they are now and how they got there. There's loads you can take from this, lots of uh, motivation and inspiration. Like These people are awesome and they've really niched down. They know what it is that they're doing, so there's so much to take away from them. I have got this amazing lineup of people coming up, so make sure it's in your diary, 8pm Western Standard Time and the podcast drops every Wednesday. Till next time.